be talking about postpartum depression, otherwise known as the baby blues. Have you ever struggled with postpartum depression? Actually, I have. Um, I didn't know what it was. Um, I think I had been depressed a while in my adolescence years, but I wasn't aware of it. So when I had a kid, um, it was my first kid. Um, Dad was kind of involved, but I called my midwife crying my eyes out. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what this is. And I need some help. And I'm so confused. And I feel this way. And she was like, oh, I'm not the one to call. And so she gave me the phone number to the local mental health facility. And so I contacted them. And that's when I was told that I had postpartum depression. Scary. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, I mean, that was really good that you were able to get um, get seen by a professional. A lot of women go through this alone without even realizing what's happening because it's a very ugly thing to go through, and it can be shameful sometimes. Like, nobody, nobody wants to admit that, hey, I don't have this connection with my child. And, yeah, you, what you did was very strong, very brave. Have you had any struggles with it? Absolutely, but I did not know what was going on, um, and like I said, I was one of those people. I felt so bad about myself for not having a connection with my child, and um, I had found out I was pregnant with him two weeks after his dad left, and so it was it was a pretty hard, pretty hard pregnancy altogether. Let alone after giving birth to him. It was just very, I just felt very scared to talk about how I really felt about everything. Um, there was times where I didn't even want to be a mom. You know, it was, it was dark. Um, so I went through some withdrawn feelings. Like, um, I wouldn't really want to have much to do with some of my family. Um, I mean, sometimes I wouldn't even really want nothing to do with myself. Um, that was my vibe. It's one of the symptoms you actually go through that and excessive crying and I was crying a lot a lot um, I felt detached um, which is crazy to think because nowadays looking at me and my son you would not imagine that there was ever a moment where we weren't attached with each other um, my partner now says that we are the closest thing in this house me and my son's connection we're we're just two peas in a pod we're inseparable um so it does get better Mm -hmm. i think one of the things that i felt i think you mentioned was the shame the shame of why am i feeling this way i should be excited i have this new baby and everybody is excited about this new baby and i don't want to get out of the bed I don't want to bathe. I, I'm taking care of him, but somebody else can do that. Like, I'm just, and then you feel so bad because you're like, this little tiny person is relying on me and needing me, and I'm not there. I'm not with it. I'm not in it. 
and you feel so much shame as to why can't I? I mean, he was my first child, so I didn't have another child that was looking at me for answers or love and support. And so I felt like I was alone on this ship with this little person that I didn't know if I even wanted. Yeah, um, I actually had another child before I had my son. Um, Riley, oh my gosh, my daughter, she, she was a godsend. Mm -hmm. Um, he was constantly there, like, she loved on her brother so much, and it was just, it was, it was great, but at the same time, like, she was a toddler at the time she was getting around and getting into everything, so it kind of, kind of helped also, in a sense, keep my mind off of my youngest child. Um, because she was constantly keeping me busy as well. Um, there were, there were times, luckily it wasn't, it wasn't super excessive. It was there in the beginning, but then, you know, towards the end of the postpartum depression, it, he started getting smothered by both me and his sister. So I was able to kind of join in with her and, you know, just, he spoiled He's spoiled now. <laughs> so how long do you think, like, how long did you have the depression? Um, I would say my son was about, my son was about three or four months whenever I finally started coming back to it. Um, I had also had been put on birth control um, shortly after having him, so I kind of feel like that might have helped, um, get me get me quicker to being stabilized mm -hmm. with my with my mood swings and stuff but I'd say he was about three or four months mine lasted years 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 I could remember um we lived in an apartment together and he would wake up so early because he said the sun was up you're supposed to be up and I remember I would get my pillow and my blanket and I would go from my bed to my couch. And I would give him all the things that he needed to play with. And I would feed him. And I would lay on the couch. And I would doze in and out of sleep. Because I just couldn't. And he would sit in front of me. And he'd play with his toys. Or watch his Bob the Builder. And then nap time. I put him down for a nap. I took a nap. And then we would wake up and start the process all over again. Um, it was, I felt horrible as a mother as to why can't I just do the things like every other mother does? Why can't I get up and we go to the park? And why can't I get up and bathe myself and clean my house and not feel like I've not slept in a week? Why can't I do these things? And it was confusing and I didn't want to say anything to anybody because they would be looking at me like, what do you mean you don't want to take care of your child? What do you mean you can't get out of the bed? Just do it. You're a mom now. You have responsibilities. Just do it. And if it was that easy, I would have just did it. Like, no problem. I got this. But it wasn't that easy. It wasn't. I think people, um, people have this misconception of what all other mothers think mm -hmm. when we're all in this struggling. Mm -hmm. We're all in this 
we're all in this not wanting to take a bath because it requires us to get up when we've been running around all day, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that's, that's motherhood. <laughs> um, did you ever experience like appetite changes? Like, was it hard for you to eat? It was. I pretty much didn't. I had no appetite. I just wanted to sleep. And anything I could do in order to be able to sleep, that's what I was about. I was exhausted all the time. Even though I had slept off and on all day long at night when it's bedtime, I could still go right back to sleep. Yeah, I was I was about 200 pounds whenever I had my son. And then by the time he was about four months old, I, I had dropped down to 110 pounds. Whoa. Yeah. I've got pictures of me being pregnant with him and then pictures of him on my shoulder. And I was like skin and bones. Was that from not being able to eat? I just, yeah, I would forget to eat. Like, just forget to eat. I would, I had so, so much issues with concentration. It wasn't, it was bad. And so I would just sit there and I would go blank. And I'd go blank for a while and wouldn't eat. Wouldn't really do anything, just zombied, zoned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I spent a lot of time doing that. Just zoned out. Did you ever experience any panic attacks with your postpartum depression? No, I didn't. I was fortunate enough that I didn't go through that. I think what led to me figuring it out, that may have been a panic of what is wrong with me. I need somebody to help me like right now. I need help. I don't know what this is. I know I don't like it. I know I need help. And so that's when the resources started. Um, I was nursing and so they gave me a, a breastfeeding coach. She came out to the house, check on me, make sure everything was going right and that I was doing everything okay and checking how I felt. Um, I had a baby love nurse. She also checked in with me, does check on me. I had, um, the resource center had a thing where you can take, it was called Mommy's Day Out. And Tuesday mornings from 8 to 12, you can drop your kid off and go nap, go run errands, go eat, go just do something for yourself and then Thursdays was like a one to five so you could have later in the afternoon and so I dropped him off with um these people at the resource center and it was such a relief because they loved my baby there was a little lady in there she was a grandmother and whenever I'd walk in she would reach her arms out and she would get my baby and when I went to pick him up she was still holding my baby and so I knew that he was okay and I could rest knowing that my son was okay and that these people were going to care for him. And funny story is, um, fast forward, my son was 17. I met the little girl that was with them at that place. 
keeping them and she remembered me and she remembered him by name and the mother said she said honey she said my mother prayed for you guys over the years my mom never ever forgot about she said I wonder how that girl and that little baby's doing and so they I knew they loved my son which was reassuring when you find people that you can trust and feel like they're going to take care of your child that is one way that you can actually rest because you don't have to worry is my child being taken care of right and it would probably be really good to get that good support system set up before having the baby um because when mm -hmm. you're in the middle of that your your mind is fogged like you can't really think clearly mm -hmm. you know and you probably trust your baby with a pack of wolves <laughs> at that point <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So, and, and with you saying that, another thing is knowing your family history, like talk to the women in your family that's had babies and see if this is something that they struggled with and how did they handle it? Did they speak up and say something? Did they go through it by themselves? If thinking about your own mental health, is depression something that you struggle with that's not been resolved? Thinking about all those things and helping come up with the plan. If you've had two babies before and you know you've experienced with them too, be prepared to deal with it with that third one. Oh yeah. And it was really great that you were able to find those resources. Um, I would definitely suggest digging into the community and mm -hmm. trying to figure out what kind of resources you have in your local. And a lot of people, well, a lot of women may feel so much shame and guilt that they don't want to reach out. And, you know, postpartum is not something that we talk about. And which it has a stigma of, you know, we hear about these cases in the media of women, you know, hurting their children and doing things to their children. And people want to vilify them. But until you've been in that, you have no idea how dark it gets. It gets really dark. And you feel this guilt and shame for this little person that you don't understand why and what to do with it. You look for answers yeah. that shouldn't be answers, but, you know, depression within itself tricks us into believing things that are not true. So what were some things that you did that was helpful? I definitely talked whenever I'd gotten, whenever I'd gotten out of the withdrawn phase where I didn't really want to be around people and I didn't want to have anything to do with others I started actually talking to my friends about how I felt and about what was going on um that was actually the biggest step for me um also pushed myself to take naps and also when I was awake pushed myself to spend time with my child you know like I would hold him and I would sing him songs, even if I wasn't feeling it in my heart, I knew that whatever this was, was not me. And eventually it would go away. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know about postpartum depression when I was going through it. Um, cause it wasn't something that was ever really discussed with me. 
prior to having him, but those those were probably the two biggest turning points for me, or the two biggest things that helped me in those turning points was fake it till I make it, and mm-hmm. communicate with the people outside that cared about me the most. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, and we tell new moms, um, rest when baby rest. That is so important. If somebody offers to watch your baby so that you can go nap, you should probably go do that. You should probably do that because it's that little bit of self-care when you can that is going to help make a difference in your day. If you need a nap, speak up. Hey, can you guys take the baby for two hours? I just, I'm exhausted. I need a nap because you can't be on your A game as a mom if you're exhausted. I actually, I have a friend that I'll probably have to call later on tonight and just just tell her thank you once again because she would get both of my children and take them to church with her almost every Sunday. Mm. And, you know, so I had, I did, I didn't have that resource from the uh, center like you did, mm-hmm. but I did have, you know, some people willing to step in and say, hey, let me get that baby. And they would go on and take the kids and. I'd sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, and you bring up something else. Sometimes moms are ashamed to say, you know what? I'm tired of my kids. I want a break from my kids. That's okay. It's okay to say, you know what? These little children are getting on my nerves and I would like a break. That is okay. We all feel that. And you shouldn't feel bad because you need a break from your own kids. It's realistic. Yeah. You, you got to have a break. Like, don't feel bad for that. Hey, mom, dad, husband, you know what? I need a break. They're cute and all, but I need a break. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm well out of postpartum, and I can still say, hey, like, get these youngins. Yeah, <laughs> get them. crazy. Yes. Um, I think of other things that women need to think of is like proper nutrition, making sure that you're eating right. You're because again, how are you going? How is your body going to be able to feel okay and to function okay if you're surviving off of peanut butter crackers and cheese? Like it can't function. You have to eat. Um, even if you're not able to eat, do something like a meal supplement that's got some vitamins or something in it. There's other things that you can do instead of you know, well, I don't feel like eating, so I'm not going to eat. There's other things you can do. Um, things like, if you even question, is what I'm experiencing normal? You should probably contact your local mental health provider. And that's like with anything, not just postpartum depression, but just like mm-hmm. anything. You find yourself feeling unhinged and unraveled. And you're like, is this normal to be feeling like this right now? Ask a therapist. <laughs> exactly. Get yourself some help. Exactly. There are tons of ways to connect with therapists and ask questions. Um, as a therapist, I get emails and phone calls all the time asking questions. And I'm perfectly okay with ask, answering questions for people. Um, having some adult time. Just, hey... You and your friends go out, grab lunch, and no kids. Because even if you and your friends go out with the kids, you're still in that 
mom state of mind and you're still trying to take care of kids and that's still a constant reminder like man I can't even eat my lunch because I gotta think about what these little tiny people are doing just go out and have time with other adults even if it's to just go see a movie or grab lunch or go grocery shopping just get with other adults that's so important um, and telling family like, hey, it's helpful when you get the kids on Sundays for church. You know, it's helpful when, you know, you take the kids and you guys do the grocery shopping for me and let me nap. You have to be vocal about what your needs are. And even if you don't know what is helpful, maybe you know what's not helpful. Maybe somebody coming to you saying, you need to eat. You haven't ate anything. You need to eat. Maybe that's not helpful. Maybe you um, need to say, hey, you know, it makes me feel worse when you keep telling me that I'm not eight. I had one friend tell me, um, and I, I understand where she was coming from, and I feel it. I feel it. But I had one friend tell me, you're going to miss these moments you better start holding that baby. Wow. And it still, it still hurts because like, that's, that's one of the big things that I remember from my son's infant stage of life is that being told to me. And it wasn't like I never held him, but I guess she could see, Oh, she's not holding him enough or, you know, whatever it is, and she, she didn't know, you know, she never had a child at that time either, so, you know, just kind of like one of those, oh, I'm, I'm going to talk to you and tell you about motherhood. <laughs> Even though I don't have any, it's fine. <laughs> right. Um, so, one of the last things I want to mention is set yourself up for success. If you know that you struggle getting out of the bed and going to take a shower, don't tell yourself you're going to go fill up the car with gas, you're going to go to Walmart and get the groceries for the week, and then you're going to meal plan. Don't set yourself up for that. It may be, today I'm going to take a shower and I'm going to walk to the mailbox and I'm going to come back home. Meet yourself where you are. Don't try to meet everybody's expectations of what they think that you should be doing. Meet yourself where you are. And if you are, you know what, I bathed today and brushed my teeth, then that's just where you are. I mean, that, that's, that's definitely enough right there. Just make sure you're clean. <laughs> make sure you're clean. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is Abby. If you or anyone you know is feeling really bad or having hard times with postpartum depression, there is help at Postpartum Support International, 800-944-4773. This is all things people, and we're all in this together.